Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 332. I'm ready to go. I am not. Surprise, surprise. Hey. Hey. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> Lynn's joining me, as always, and... Uh, Is there Every- anybody else that would join us? Who knows? <laughs> I teased at the beginning of summer of maybe someone showing up, and then they bought a house and couldn't really come help she out, says. but I... Did ask them, and they did say, yeah, I might come join a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. I don't have as much loyalty as I do with you. Um, so, I'm here every week, prepared or not. Yes, and I, <laughs> I enjoy that, so we definitely uh, get up to some hijinks. Uh, I talked about... Everything. Yes. Everything we talked about was Tony's ideas, so if this episode sucks, blame Tony. But you gave some good... Uh, <laughs> Inside. Opinions. There we go. Yes. yes, I am very opinionated. Um, so with that, uh, we have a lot to talk about. So enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode three hundred and thirty-two. A little column A, a little column B. family gatherings that I always go to. Yeah, I saw you had your German pants out. Yes, so they're Lederhosen. Yes, I, I know what they're and, What a well, fucking day to have to wear those. Well, my dad called things. me this morning if I knew where his were because the reason why that we were having this besides the, a couple birthdays in the family was uh, my grandma is hosting a German exchange student, college level, and for their class they need to be in America for like six weeks at an American job because she's mm. going to teach English. So getting the the knowledge of being in the workplace. So she's working at the local uh, museum here. Yeah. So anyways, I my dad was thinking about wearing his Lederhosen because German. and Right. And so I, oh, fuck it. I know where mine are. So I ended up wearing them over to my grandma's. Well, it's hot as balls today. Yeah, it's Those hot are... as balls, and your balls were probably very hot yes. in fucking pants. <laughs> and a lot of people had mentioned that, no, my, my grandma's house is only a mile away, or a kilometer for you uh, non-Americans <laughs> listening, you Germans listening. A mile does not equal, equal I know a kilometer. <laughs> <laughs> so I quick ran, ran home and changed, but what I loved is what I'm wearing now, yeah. because when I went back, I had the punniest thing ever. Guys, I'm back in a flash. Ah, and you're wearing the flash shirt. Yep. You're so funny. I am. They all thought the same thing. I thought it was a They probably all went, ah, Tony. I wish I would have had the fourth uh, site to say I'll be back in a flash. Yeah. Because then that would have been even better when I'd be like, guys, don't get it. But I did. Guys, you get why I'm wearing the shirt? They're like, the flash. Yeah. You're fast. I was back back in the flash, yeah. Yeah. So I was quite happy with coming up that on the spot. I mean, as long I knew as you, you wouldn't think it as funny as I did, but it's as long as you amuse yourself. Some days that's all that really matters. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh man, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we do. You have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. I was a bad podcaster this week and didn't do my homework. Every week? No, I've been very well prepared. The last <laughs> I know weeks. you actually have. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Say don't. Don't be mean to me, or I'll stop doing it. <laughs> that how I Not the podcast, I... just getting ready for the podcast. <laughs> I'll keep doing the podcast, even terribly. 
<laughs> All right. Um, one of the books I want to talk about this week. Um, no, so we, we don't ever talk about it being off the shelf anymore. We need no. to get back our our segments. Well, it, it we need used to get to back to off the shelf. Brought to you by dot dot dot. But we don't have any dot dot dots anymore. We could. Oh, I so, could easily if I wanted to. Yeah. I just forget to ask. <laughs> we want some advertising on the show. <laughs> And people are like, I want some. Other people are like, don't ever mention me again. No. <laughs> so, uh, there's a book that came out from Aspen, and it was a zero issue. Now, I'm going to say it is a very quick read. Um, I feel like it was only like 10, 12 pages to set up this, this world. It's called Artifact One. But because it's called Artifact One, that made me curious. Because it sounds kind of ominous and, and weird and interesting. Yeah. Oh, it was cheap too, only a dollar fifty. Yeah. So well it's because like I said, there's only a few few pages. Right. Um, created by JT Krull and uh, Vince Hernandez, both writing and uh, illustrations by Romana Maria. Oh Rom- Romina Morinelli. God, you need to I'm just gonna tell you and tell me the names <laughs> of these people. Uh what really pulled me in was the first page where there's this giant, like, well, Artifact 1, I'm already thinking that the main person is going to be kind of an Indiana jones type looking for artifacts. And true-ish, it looks like the, the girl kind of hunts and gathers for things, but in this world that they set up in here, it's an off-world place. And there's this giant bug that kind of chased her, and that kind of draws you in. By how, you know... Um, that's terrifying. Yes. And I'm like, all right, is it going to all be like this? It is not all like this at all. Because we get to kind of get the city proper and we learn about these men who preach, who kind of have everyone in line to tell them about the gods and how they're in God's image and everything like that, where... Mm -hmm. She doesn't need that for inspiration. She's inspired by her dad. Now, because it's so quick, I could probably explain everything that happened within this within a two-minute time slot. Um, I do want to just say that that the lush environment uh, is really, really beautifully drawn. It really feels like it's a big populated world. Yeah. Um, the characters, like, they are humanoid, but you can tell that they're definitely not earthlings right. or because it looks kind of like they have kind of like more bumpy like of a head um like, the way that they're drawn sure and actually in the back of this too there's some uh, sketches that looked like how they were going to draw these creatures and those are always kind of interesting especially in the first book to kind of see how they got to a point and they kind of talk a little bit about what they feel this book is going to be about but ultimately i'm assuming there's going to be something where uh, it does look like there's alchemy in here, but it's not to be uh, used. Hence mm. the the God, like, God freaks, you know, say like a religious mandate not to use it. Yep. Yeah. And the sad thing is, they set up how much um, the main character wanted to like looks up to her dad, and uh, Remy is is her name, and you get the 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 thought because it doesn't show it on comic book screen but uh 
that he he's dead after they mm. discovered his secret laboratory. That happens very fast in that book. Yeah, considering so, it's a half issue. Yeah, so I'm I'm also wondering too if the next issue has part. This is like a teaser to pull in, or if they're gonna they're gonna have to do then flashbacks of showing more of who the father was to her, or maybe even the first issue starts. That would be an before. interesting way to do it if you came out with a zero issue and that's like what happened today and then issue one is like three days or a year four year five year like in the past and that's the whole series is going up to this point well then it kind of leads on just a a death yeah i don't see that that's the resolve that they're going for here but i mean it would be cool if yeah then just started and then you're like number issue number 10 would be zero right make it simple yeah and then you go forward that'd be an interesting thing to do well, you know, the continuity, or not continuity, how storytelling happens. Uh, last week in Deadpool and Cable Annual, which they haven't had a team up in forever, saw them teaming up and going through time and Deadpool talking about how uh, pe- there was like a whole four pages going on with Deadpool who talks to the, the audience uh, or the reader saying how a lot of people compare comic books and movies as the same, you know, thing, but really it's not because on movies you see the action where here you fill it in with imagination and nah. stars because then he goes see we just flipped the page and we're in a totally different time uh period you and your mind thought we did that and how we did that but here we are fighting giant dinosaurs and then mm. fighting cowboys and stuff we did it again and then he's talking about oh and uh you saw the dinosaur chomping on uh, Cable's arm, and now you notice that he doesn't have his arm, so you filled in the blanks of what needed to be said. And he goes, so we have a better product than movies because you're the one that fills in the blank. I was like, holy shit, I want to see... Like, I'm not even learning. I'm just like getting schooled by Deadpool right. while looking at the action, reading the book. That was a really good one. I wish I had read it uh, ahead of time last week, but uh, that was just... A- Fucking phenomenal book, too. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, not every story is linear, and uh, sometimes that makes for better... Although I do hate when they always... And that's why we get so pissed off when the movies don't match up with the comics, because most of the comics... Half of the comic is what we imagine it to be, Mm -hmm. and then the movies don't match up to that at all, because it's our own personal imagination. Uh, I have uh, two books that are... I don't know which one to go next. A or B? B. I knew you were going to say B. What does B stand for? Batman. <laughs> so I've, need my, I've needed some Batman fix, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, but I'm still in my... You're still mad. For, yeah, Tom King's. So I'm going with a... a Else, I mean, it's not even Elseworlds. I think it's really in a different uh, miniseries, a six-part miniseries. Okay. Uh, Kings of Fear. Um, and this is uh, by Scott Peterson and Kelly Jones. Uh, and colorist Michelle Madsen. Now, okay. question before you start. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the cover here, but this could be... Uh, uh... You know, covers never match the inside of the book. Yeah. But this is Batman with very long ears. Yeah, and he does have a little bit longer, but, I mean, that's not also the, the main artist in here. Okay. I mean, there's a couple of different variant covers. Not a fan of Batman with the big, yeah. big ears. Yeah, well, that's... 
some well i i didn't mind the art in here some of it was a little bit different for my taste but other parts like the first freaking page you see this giant like eyeball and i'm like what is going on That's here the joker's eyeball i didn't i was like thinking is this like a giant like mutant eyeball yeah. looking down from on the sky and then it's what's the joker looking in a box and this is where i'm like all right, I don't really know who he's talking to, but I'm assuming he's talking to Batman. He's got a lot of his henchmen in the background. He's telling them to come out. And this is where I, I, I didn't feel like I liked the Joker's look. Um, oh, he's got a very old school Joker look. Yes. Just like Batman with the long ears. Yeah. yeah. And But it was the dialogue and how the story went that really did it for me. And it was a lot of the Joker talking and saying, you know, come out, come out. Uh, him doing his crazy stuff. He had a person that worked at this warehouse where they're at because he knows Batman's hiding somewhere. And he's like, if you don't come out now, you know, I'm going to, you know, hurt someone. Or if you don't come out soon, though, I won't hurt a hair on his head. So then he, like, kind of seems like he kind of slices or punches him. He goes, uh, see? Or if until I get bored. And he's like, I got bored, like, right away. <laughs> but I didn't touch a hair on his head. Yeah. And, I'm like, is that stupid cheesiness? But of course, Batman comes out. Now, yeah. in the scene, like the one-page scene of him fighting, it was it was really kind of a a montage. Yeah, that's a nice the, that's a nice panel layout. Yeah, and the best. Well, I wouldn't say it's interesting. Yeah, because that is not nice in the per se of like how do you it. follow, but well, it's all over the place. That's why I like it because that's. If you watch movies that have intense fight scenes, sometimes you have no idea where to look. So it kind of gives you that feeling. Do you ever, so going back to Deadpool talking, do you ever, when you read Batman, think of Kapow in your head sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Because sometimes they don't always show the fighting with a fist to the face. Right. But the moment you do see like a, yeah. a head going backwards in the hand there, I always, I always think of that. Pow, kabam. Yep. Thanks, Batman 66. Yeah. <laughs> now... Without giving too much of how amazing this story is, it 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 makes Batman really um, he doesn't lose his cool. The Joker is in the back of his car in, in a, like what looks like a car seat, being transported back to Arkham, and he just won't shut up. He just keeps talking and keeps going on about how our dance that we do, the main things that Joker has always said. Right. But it, it felt perfect because he was in a position that he couldn't escape and Batman is really just like for the most part just listening until he finally says shut up and he's like oh you know I hit a nerve did we blah blah and then he he goes what also the the small things you see in a tv screen in one panel that the person that got attacked also lived Mm. didn't need to 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 know that but uh Batman, you see him put on a mask and then hit some sleeping gas. <laughs> Ooh, lavender. <laughs> <laughs> and they arrive at Arkham, and what I loved is the first thing that the Joker says when he gets out of the car is, tell me the truth, you had that installed for your little bird boy, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, dude. That's great. See, and I've noticed this about you, too, is the best, some of the best Batman issues, no matter the story and the writer, are the Joker heavy dialogue ones. Mm-hmm. Because he's so, I think it's so easy, it's, I think it's so hard to write Batman dialogue because it's so 
strict to character and Joker's like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. He can be serious. He can be crazy. Yep. He can make up shit and then make it seem like yep. it's real. Yep. And the thing is, though, sometimes it is hard to to accept that if you don't write it in such a crazy way. But for the most part, I have not seen the Joker written that terribly, right. which could mean that he's easy to write. But I feel that when you're truly writing him, though, you do need to have a touch of madness yourself somehow. Yeah, which I the, think most people who are in the comic books industry yeah. probably have that. Now, Not that it's a bad thing at all. For me, thinking King of Fear it with Batman, I think of two things. I think one would be him. But do you think of a certain bad guy at all? Yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm like, all right, are we you know, going to see him at all? Because we're halfway through and it's still him bringing Joker to, the, to Arkham. And what I loved in some very fiery dialogue was a psychologist there who pretty much is blaming Batman for all these people's uh, yep, that's feelings a and common, everything. That's a common thing. But you don't see it as much. Uh, you know, it happens every now and then where a, a writer will talk about that. And I feel that's going to be a big part of this little six-issue series because... While she's blaming him for it, and he's just like, I'm just doing my job, seems like there's people getting out of their cages, and he has to go and do the one thing that he knows how to do, which is kick their ass. Mm. And so he beats Does them. Does he say kick their ass? No, it, it's not that. It's not oh. a black label. It's not that adult. Damn. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it goes over the, the, you know, the quick rogues gallery of who's who, Bane, you know, Mr. Freeze and everything, and... Batman, what I loved, had this little device that turns off all the the lights in Arkham. One of the other things that I did uh, forget to mention is this uh, psychologist also was going off on Batman of, I had to go through so much school, this and that, to yeah. even be here. And you just get to Harleen Quinzel. And, <laughs> and you just get to walk your ass in here whenever you want, like you own the place. I mean, like, touche. That is also a thing. Yeah. Who the fuck are you, Batman? Right. And then you see him be able to turn out all the lights, and you're like, well, okay, he obviously has shit installed in here, and it was interesting, and he pretty much kicked their ass in the dark, and it was really cool. Um, it's definitely a classic-looking Batman. Even with the villains, they went back to, like, very classic look for yeah. all of them. And that's what it feels like this is, like, a... It is something out of the past, so it doesn't have anything part with now what's going on with sure. Batman, which who knows what that is, because it's not a, not him being happily married. So, uh, yes, at the way end, we finally we uh, hear that uh, Jonathan Crane has escaped. Mm, and is it's that this, never good. Yeah. But, the again, the, the psychologist goes, you know, so what'd you do? And it's like, you know... Punch them back into their souls. Like, so you've justified their means. They think violence is the only way now. And I'm like, man, she's really psychoanalyzing Batman. Oh, and there was also some good dialogue with uh, when talking in the car of talking about rich things and, and mansions and Splunkin and Man Cave. I mean, Batman Cave. And like, where it seems like almost like the Joker knows because he always knows but doesn't know. Right. And it's always that craziness that I do think he truly does know. And oh, there's been times I when I think he's... he truly does know, but he loves. Joe. Well, there's been times when he has been told and he doesn't believe it. Yeah. And I think goes so crazy not to believe it. 
I don't know. I, I That's one of my favorite Jokers, too. But it kind of ends on, like, a, okay, there's finally the Scarecrow and gassing Batman. I have no clue where the fuck this is going. God, I hope they do an awesome, like, weird fear trip in the next one where it's all just wonky looking. Well, you know, like that one level in Super Mario Brothers when you run into the puff balls oh, and yeah. everything. I hope they draw it like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all, I'm all in for this. Um, and the next issue is called, or um, title is the Doctor is in. Oh. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a good little series, and it will give me my fix until I eventually start Please. reading the back issues because I'm gonna have to catch yeah. up because I'm going to want to, but right. Not getting my money can't, now. You can't be mad at Tom King forever. <laughs> no, especially because he does so good on his other books. Yeah. But I feel I'm just gonna blame it on DC. I feel they told him he can't. Oh yeah. He's not orchestrating it. Oh, I mean, kind of he is. But, but, you know, I mean, really, though. They have a narrative. Yeah. Um, Big, big thing, then. The A book. Can you imagine what that is? Avengers? Yes. I mean, really. Maybe Amazing Spider- No, because I... Yeah, I mean, that would fit, but... That did come out this week, didn't it? Yeah. Um, the Avengers number six is really, these six books felt like a mini event. And I say that in a good way because we always bitch about events, but sometimes events can be really cool and you're excited about them. But it's like an arc, which is what series should have, right? Yes. But this is like a major arc. This is a major thing for all of marvel in general the marvel comic book universe this was the dark celestials yes stuff right and as we've seen throughout it the horde which has been mentioned in books before celestials which this really does a general like talking about who they are also has some eternals in here and Mm. within the series and you find out all the eternals are dead but also the eternals when they die usually can come back alive if they have their stasis pods and the Eternals they are, are the Eternals. And I'm always wondering if they're going to be pushing the Eternals because they are hard to write because they're also one of those other factions of the first people on Earth. Yeah. And there's so much of this book that within the first, this issue especially, because this is the climax. It's saying how, what's going on. What we saw at the last uh, end of the last issue is giant-sized Avengers. Mm. And not just the book. It was... Uh, Hulk and She-Hulk. Oh, so they so have a actual, Thor, they have a Thor. Actual giant size. They ate this magical god fruit that turned them big. Ah. Uh, the Robbie, uh, I forget Ramirez, the new Ghost Rider. Okay. He took over a, a dead Celestial's body because what they're saying is he can like when he jumped on a tractor, he turned it into a Ghost Rider tractor, <laughs> like whatever, because he uses a car instead of a motorcycle. Right. So like, what what could what happen if you took over a Celestial, which is kind of machine technology intelligence, and he turned into a giant Celestial? Uh, we then saw uh, Iron Man get his giant suit that he leaves on Mars for some reason. So it took time for it to get there. Hmm. Um, who was also no, I think it was those. Mecha Iron Man. Those those were the big uh, big guns, and that that was like okay. Now where's the fight going to happen? But this, which happens in here, and I'm not even going to talk so much about the fight. 
it's a small little dialogue to the readers about what's going on. And it talks about, you know, lonely cosmic watcher known as the unseen um, and his unbreakable, you know, chains with his eye widening. No one talks about him anymore. Right. And you know who that is. And from the whole original sins happened that the original Nick Fury is now the new, I mean, what we'd call the watcher, but he's, he's called the unseen because no one sees him and he's chained to the moon. Right. He can't leave. So he can't interfere because there is no more watcher because the watcher died. Um, And he kept interfering. Yeah. That fucking watcher. (laughs) He kept saying, I can't interfere. Bullshit. You do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it talks about, in it, you know, the, the monster that, you know, that guards the next fall realities. That's something I forget about all the time until they talk about, mm-hmm. uh, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, oh, actually, thing. man thing. Man thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Swamp Thing's DC. <laughs> DC, yep. yep. Um, you know, they, they, they talk about how the star brand is looking for a new host. Uh, you know, Gladiator, Imperial Guard, like, just looks... Like, it goes through a bunch of different things. Uh, it goes about uh, Odin and Asgard, you know, not not smiling, but knowing, because this also pulls from that original Avengers, Avengers BC oh, or whatever. right, right, right. When he was one of the causes for this whole Earth Celestial right. thing. Now, what has always been known within the Marvel Universe for many years is Celestials have come and Kree have come and everyone else has come to this planet and experimented, which gave us many different things. Basically, the Earth is just a giant offspring of a bunch of aliens and yes. gods. <laughs> and what we find out is that the reason, and it's, they're, they're retconning in a way that's kind of giving, you know, homage to the original stories of it. What they're saying is this original celestial that was infected by this horde uh, that fell to Earth and that these original uh, Avengers killed its significant other celestial, mm. and that was buried here. That in the middle of the Earth, this horde has been waiting, and the horde is going to wipe out the celestials. Well, the reason why the celestials never f- truly came, these dark ones especially, came to Earth to just eradicate this one dead one is because they knew that this these hordes would kill them Mm. and so they needed to have an immunity to it what better than an incubator than earth hence here we came right why there's so many mutants why there's so many uh superheroes is because they're meant to fight off this horde to save the celestials Ah. a natural resistance and getting into it there's so much more of the dialogue that explains that but the actions of the of um everyone and them just kind of trying to unravel what's going on they know they're missing a puzzle they start realizing all these things and really it was ghost rider who having taken over a celestial starts understanding the celestial because he starts calling some of these other celestials by names Mm. and they're like how do you know the names like i don't know it's just i'm coming one with the mind of this one and then he just keeps talking about where God's puke or God puked up man or God puked up this. And so they're like thinking, God puked up? Because everyone is made from part of the celestial horde goo. Hmm. And that if it wasn't ever for the celestials coming to Earth, there would be no humanity. We yeah. are, it's interesting. We're, we're kind of 
made of gods. Right. Because celestials are always one of the more powerful of creatures in the hierarchy of things, giving different levels and, and how right. they're at and who's the writer and everything. Now, a big part of this whole series, too, is Loki. And Loki bringing these dark uh, celestials down. He's going on, you guys have never known this truth. And always hinting that there's a deeper truth. And when you finally get it revealed, and he's like, but that's not even the full reason of why, you know, I'm doing this. So he finally gets, you know, beat up and chained and it's kind of down on the ground. And then he's kind of at the end laughing. And what I love the most about it is is exactly what I knew Loki was trying to do. And that is, what did Loki do originally? What was the first thing that Loki ever truly did? I have no idea. As far as the Avengers are concerned? Like in the movies? Well, I guess you could say even the movies. He helped make the Avengers. Did he? He's the one that pretty much was the bad guy when Ah. they decided to form, when he... Yeah, made the Hulk kind of rampage and everything, and then they sure. banded together. So, in my mind of knowing Avengers lore, maybe you never really knew that. So nope. I can you see, are correct. I can see why <laughs> you didn't. We truly haven't seen... There's always been Avengers teams, but we truly haven't seen Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. And Together. Technically, Hulk should be in this, but Hulk's kind of doing his own thing with Bruce Banner in that series. As always. So, having She-Hulk, I guess, kind of is catalyst in there. And it also represents this, and, and Stephen Strange is part of this one. These are all actually kind of the main uh, hosts and everything of the original BC Avengers, which teases... Oh, right, because you have Ghost Rider in there, too. Yeah. yeah. And Black Panther, um, yep. who was also the, the spirit of Black Panther and everything. Thor, obviously, for Odin. Interesting. That was another one of those like things at the beginning. Jean Grey, you know, sees a vision and stuff. It, it was really cool when you, even when you name drop certain characters, yeah. you kind of are like, this is a connected world. Like, I like hearing these things. Like, even if they talked about, uh, fuck, what's his, the duck? Um, Howard the Howard duck. Howard the duck. I'd be like, yeah, they mentioned Howard. Right. All right. Or Squirrel Girl. Girl. Now, there was a, a part towards the end that um, Odin talks about pretty much, though, so they did... Because he talks about how them killing that first celestial is what... It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those were all gods that were here on Earth or in some form or another that there's other mistakes that may be to be uh, fixed. But she they... How it all happened, too, which sounded strange... And when Tony Stark was talking about it, I'm like, we need to sync up. We need to, you know, unite our powers. And I'm thinking, like, go Captain Planet or go Power Rangers. <laughs> go, go Power Rangers. They need to use the Unimind, which mm. that is also Eternals thing. So they, they again talk about Eternals. Yeah. So they, they're really getting into some Marvel it's lore here. I like the Eternals. I always like them too. And be, they, they combine their powers and ultimately they had the giant uh ghost uh rider celestial kind of kind of kick ass and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he pretty much blew up most of the dark celestials okay and that's Spoilers. kind of 
we know they're gonna win. Yeah, but that's it, true. That is true. What was great too is then the ending was kind of like the beginning where these these creatures saw this and then they were content and this and that and like one of them with Odin was and Odin smi- never smiles but in this moment he smiled. Ah, so thus the cycle begins again. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But then the greatest thing is Loki laughing because he he goes, you know, he beam of pride because welcome back Avengers. Ah. And at that point it's like he wasn't doing this to be a dick. He he didn't send these dark celestials to try to eradicate humans like he originally was saying like he was really putting it on strong of i'm an asshole bad guy no he would he had to make a threat to bring the team back together and also to understand the truth about who and what they are and if that has any big repercussions i don't think it does now they just may realize oh this is why earth is so special and why we have so many sure mutant this is our uh it almost Thinks, makes me think of uh, the Doomsday Clock because they keep talking about the Superman theory and oh, right. why are there all these metahumans in America and for that matter, without ring cores and everything, why there's so many mutants or not mutants, metahumans right. for them. Uh, I thought it was a really good story arc, but it had, I mean, they're fucking were giants yeah. and over the Russian skies and. You know, it's a, it's a strong way to start and then continue after. Yes, this. well, I hope it continues as interesting as this because you know it won't continuously be interesting though. Yeah, there'll it's be one some of the, ebbs yeah. and flows. And I think that's important in all long long term books, right? There needs to be some mundane issues, and everyone just needs to deal with. Well, it. you know what's going to keep uh, making me sink into this book is if they go back to these original Avengers and talk about some more of their exploits, like yeah. We've really only seen Odin and, and Jean Grey kind of kissing in in the group, as well as like to an be issue clear, of them. This is Odin and the Phoenix. Oh yeah, that's Phoenix. Not yeah. Jean. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it looks like the next issue I might get my wish oh. when we get to talk about uh, the first Ghost Rider ever who rides a flaming woolly mammoth. Nice. So. I hope that they do then set something else up in the past that like now comes to haunt the Avengers now or yeah. the world of Marvel. Mm. Um, I hope that there are some more big intricate things that some of these people that have been mentioned will come in because Avengers can be boring if it if they don't have that cast of all these different characters. Yeah. But we've seen all these different characters a lot. Let's let's take some obscure ones. And that's why I'm kind of, I really wish this would have been a perfect segue to talk about West Coast Avengers, which also just came out. Right, but then you didn't read it. Yes. <laughs> Neither did I. Oh, man. We could pause and just read it, but no, we're not going to do we'll that. We'll cover it. Maybe we'll cover it next week. Well, I've, I've heard some good things about yeah. it, too. And it's funny. as The art on it looks sick. Everyone always talks, if they talk about any of the Avengers uh, leagues or, you know, that they've done, because they did multiple different... West Coast Avengers was yeah. one of the first of them. West but they've Coast, also Great did... Lakes Avengers. Well, that was, yeah. you know, after a while of making some other areas. The only other one besides West Coast that people talk about is Great Lakes. Yeah. And I love that because right, we're from the Great Lakes state. We are. And yep. it was such a terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> Why really do was. people root for that? I don't know. Oh. It was very Midwestern. <laughs> yes. So, um... Some, news. Yeah, news and notes. Now, this one, it 
kind of infuriates me a little bit because I don't understand how you can trademark a slang term for a bigger term. This is so fucking stupid. But a judge denied the trademark dispute uh, that Salt Lake City had against San Diego Comic Con. Right. Now, here's the thing. It is a Comic Con. Yeah. It is a comic book convention. Yeah. Is that what they're going to try to say, that you need to say the whole comic book convention if you're naming it? Because Comic Con is associated with that type of convention. Yeah. That is not a name for a convention. No. And actually, there are a lot of people that own that call themselves. Yeah, our our comic, comic conventions in Michigan are all the Motor City yep. Comic Con, Grand Rapids Comic Con. We just had the Michigan Comic Con just this two weekends ago. Yeah, and, and I feel like I want to just start is book is comic book uh, trademarked. <clears throat> I mean, I'm assuming it has to be, but if not, I'm gonna you know trademark that right convention. Let's go look up is a mundane Ugh. word trademarked. And when they say, well, that you can't trademark that word, I'll be like, well, why can't you trademark these two words? Right. A bigger thing with this, though, is there's been many lawsuits that San Diego has been also suing other places that have been put on hold for the last four years. It's been in court for four years that now they're going to open up and go after. So these places are going to have to change their names. That's so fucking stupid. Especially when everyone in the industry would tell you San Diego Comic-Con is no longer a Comic-Con. No. It is almost 100% a multimedia convention. Right. Now, granted, multimedia um, and comic book conventions kind of go hand in hand. Sure. You have you know have. shows and actors mm-hmm. and famous people. However, it's always been, like I say, the Mecca. It's been the biggest of them. But now we have New York Comic Con, which are they going to get sued? I, Probably. I don't know, because they might be ran by the same people who do San Diego. I don't think they do. I think Reed Pop does. Reed Pop does New York. I yeah. know that for sure. I don't know who does San Diego. Um, it's just so dumb. I don't know what San Diego is fighting against. They sell out of tickets almost instantly when they go on sale. They're not hurting. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're worried about. I think they've been seeing, though, that more and more people have been kind of, I guess, not criticizing them. Yeah. The correct it's term not because say. your name, San Diego. It's not because you're called SDCC. That's not why people are criticizing you. It's because you're not a comic convention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I'm a big fan of, of multimedia conventions. C2E2 has always been a comics and entertainment convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of my favorite ones that they do every year. Um, but they're super honest that that's what they are. <laughs> but it's dumb. They're dumb. They are the dumb. The whole thing is dumb. Uh, Waste of everybody's time. So, you know, it also is dumb. Disney. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, their first dumb thing that they've done in ages. So, we had mentioned before, James Gunn is not coming back to... Right. To the Guardians movies. Now, Disney has also put uh, indefinite hiatus on Guardians 3. Now, that's never a good thing Mm -mm. when it kind of goes into that limbo. It was supposed to start productions next uh, spring. They then, because of these discussions, were moving around a little bit. Now it's totally not on the books. Yeah. And. Which is not good for Marvel because usually their storylines are planned out cross movies. Yeah. 
Now, granted, they haven't really set up some other ones. Maybe this was going to set up some other arcs and other movies, which, because they've only been announced and not started production, unless Spider-Man had something to do with Guardians, maybe it doesn't have that much to have a crossover. And honestly, my theory going into these next movies is we're going to see less and less of them building up. They're going to have mentions of being right. in the same universe. I don't think they're all going to be coming together to have this big of an overlap. Right. like they've been building for the past ten years. Yeah. Instead, they're just going to be like the comic books are. Where or or the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. They sometimes yeah. mention the invasion in New York. Right. But that's about it. They don't need to mention everything, so maybe there is a... They'll always mention the Thanos thing, but going forward... However, Dave Bautista, though, is really going off as He's well. pissed. Super pissed. Yeah. He was quiet a bit when Marvel and Disney were in talks of what they might do with James Gunn. Right. Right now, he's actually going after the people who were exposing yes. all this. And when I say exposing, I mean were kind of hell-bent on trying to ruin someone's career yeah. for they, nothing. They, well... They, so James Gunn is notoriously very liberal, uh, especially in his tweets and on his Facebook postings, um, and he doesn't care. He will say what the fuck he feels. And the people that are going after him differ from him politically and their ideals, to put it nicely. And fucking data mind his entire Twitter history... Which Just had... to find whatever they could. They did it to uh, multiple other yeah. people. And they also do it to even journalists. Yeah. So Dave Bautista tweeted out to Disney about, you know, here, here's, here's your guy, here's the person, you know, great inspiration for what they are trying to do. Right. Uh, pretty much pointing out the hypocrisy of these people aren't good people, but you back them over right. a generally good dude. Right. And he's kind of going on a roll to maybe get fired like he honestly doesn't want to i think do the movie he he has come out and said he like, well he, he said it, the script he he said he's definitely pissed about james gunn not getting rehired and he definitely said that if they chose to go a different way with the script that he wouldn't do the movie and he didn't care if he was breaking contract how much money he would have to pay to do that I, it's what's crazy is, uh, the amount of love that he has for James Gunn, but also, cause James Gunn was kind of one of the first people that gave him a shot Yeah, and he loves his acting career, but that could be actor suicide by doing that. Could be. He can just go back to wrestling. I think he's kind of over that too. You think so? Um, yes, actually I do know that just through interviews and stuff of, of all wrestling he, stuff. He could fall back on that if he really needed to, though. He could, Oh, he definitely could. Right. Now, uh, I see more or less him just kind of being vocal about it to where Disney will wipe their hands of him, but I don't see how you could recast. You can't. You can't. He... Alright, so I have this love-hate relationship with wrestlers who are actors, because I know that they... it's They're actors in their jobs. Like, wrestling is a sport, but also they have to act, because... Half of that shit. The physical need of it is real, but, you know, the storylines are all fake. So they have to act through that shit. Some of them are very good at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, The Rock was one of them, and he's gone on. I don't like all of his movies, but he's done a really good job yeah. in his career. Dave Batista always came off to me as kind of like a fucking moron. 
I mean, that was just kind of the part he played, right? And that's who Drax is, kind of. Very similar roles, but I've seen him in other movies, and he is amazing. He is a very good actor. Mm -hmm. So I hope that this isn't career suicide for him, because I think he's just getting started. Um, But I also have to admire that he's standing his ground for something he believes in. So, Speaking of wrestling... Uh, exactly how I predicted. <laughs> Roman Reigns won the title. They did it in an it's entertaining like way, but... It's like you're very good at figuring, figuring out the very formulaic way that they do things yep. in wrestling every year. But I do want to quick mention, though, uh, Seth Rollins had an amazing outfit. They usually have like some cool like one-shot outfits at some of these big pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And he would look straight up like Thanos. And that's when you notice, too, because he does, you know, some kick moves, that one of his feet was, like, golden gauntlet. It was a golden foot. And if you look close enough, it looked like he even had small little stones in the ankle area. And I'm like, damn, that is very creative, talented. Just another reason for the wrestling comic book crossover. Well, what I also think I I read, um, not sure how true it is or not, because someone else posted it, I guess in a pre-promo he said that he was going to, turn uh, Dolph to dust mm. which teasing that he was going to come yeah. out as Thanos and oh wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um what else do we have uh, to talk about um Wolverine's coming back soon yeah I mean we all knew that was coming but it's kind of dragged its ass I, for a long time. I've stopped reading all of the Hunt for Wolverine ones. Uh, I have read them, and like I said, there's some other cool one-off things that you found out in there. But yeah, I really don't think you needed to read the books to yeah. get that conclusion. You could easily read any news board or listen to our podcast to find out right. what they are. So what the fuck, Marvel? Like, why is this dragon? Out? We also saw him like warping all over the place right. and doing those things, which was kind of cool. But I feel like that also started almost a year ago. I it's feel. been a while. It's yeah. been a long time. Here's the question: Let's get to it. Does he know Gene's back? I don't know because no one's really fucking gotten his mindset. They're now teasing more of the claws. G- yeah. We're teasing a new suit, and we're like. Stop teasing, just fucking show us. If he knew Jane was back, I think that he would be there. Like, right there beside her the moment he knew. Eh. I mean, yes, but... It's like his one true love. I know, but... Yeah, I guess that would. But then he's been dead, so... Yeah. So maybe maybe Death has always loved him like she's loved Deadpool. Oh, maybe. And... She's a whore. <laughs> yeah. She gets around. <laughs> she does. Oh, um... Couple quick things. Uh, Apple TV is doing original programming too, oh. which pisses me off because I don't need that to happen. Yeah, I have Netflix do it all because I at least have Netflix. Um, and the reason why I mention this is because personal favorite to me, uh, Isaac Asimov's. Oh, you know who he is. I do and, know who he and is. Very yeah. dark and very sci-fi. Yes, like he's one of the original masters of sci-fi. And it, yeah, and I've read a lot of his stories. Uh, so they're doing the Foundation, um, his stories of Foundation, into a series. Oh. And I read that. I was awesome. like, at first I was confused because I'm like, why is Apple buying this? And I'm like, oh, it's going to their Apple TV. I'm like, why are they? No. That's exciting. We have Apple TV, so 
Is it? Is it? Come over and watch it. Yeah, but do you have to pay? Like, do they actually have like shows like Saved by the Bell or like series that you can? Or do you have to just buy them per episode? I mean, normal series. I don't know that if they have series right now. Uh, We get most of our movies through them, and you just buy them through iTunes. And then you play them oh, through okay. Apple TV. So I don't know if it's going to be a similar concept where you just pay per episode um, or pay for the series and that's all you pay for and that's all you get. Or if it's going to be, I don't, I'd, I'd have to ask Josh because he's the fucking Apple head in our house. Okay. Um, did you know that there's been rumors of what Sony is going to do once Venom fails? I'm no. just kidding. They have plans for it succeeding yeah they, and they're making they're, a whole universe they're expecting it to do very well actually i i don't think it will i know the happy time murders people were looking forward to that this week and that didn't, it didn't do well it didn't do what it was supposed to i want to go see that i think people just forgot it was coming out they didn't market it very I well i do think they also yeah forgot it was out yeah. let's hopefully it doesn't that, go see lose that. too much steam yeah um but it's something that i never thought of when they start talking about sony having their own characters universe but using silk oh peter's twin yeah. clone i forget all that she's a I, clone i think i wasn't yeah. reading the book at that time Derek was so Derek was let me right. in on silk but pretty much spider-man but a girl yeah and they can do whatever they want her with all these other characters outfit is awesome yeah i love how when she yeah. can web herself up yeah. to the outfit I think she would be an incredible person to revolve their universe around. I would like that. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. I, I want to see some of these more. I want to see them all, though, in Marvel movies. But then again, don't need to have everything no. Marvel. But also, Sony, you don't have a good track record no. of a lot of shit. No, and no. Um, the Their the talks of Silk, though, makes me a little bit happy of maybe they're... They're getting a little help from Marvel and them saying, hey, you know, you might want to listen to our advice and here's how you might want yeah. to go about it. Don't don't put all your money in the bag for Venom and Tom Hardy. Right. Well, I, I hope Venom does well because I hope that Venom leads to Carnage because they could do amazing things with Carnage. And it would be awesome and it would have to be rated R. And it would be just bloodshed and mayhem. <laughs> so I'm rooting for Venom. I know you're not, but I'm rooting for it. Um, two last things. One is just a straight up nope, but Netflix Netflix is developing a Death Note sequel. It Net- did not do well. No, it was terrible. I don't know why, but Netflix is pissing me the fuck off recently with their suggested uh, percentage. I went through, everything is 98% suggested because I watched this. Why is everything, and it's almost all their series. Yeah. So really, I'm guessing there isn't a real algorithm. You just put 98% to make me think I'm very interested in this. When shit that I actually am interested is sometimes 67%. Yeah. They fucked that up when they... And I understand they want to push, but don't have a fake rating. Well, and they, so... Netflix cancels very few things, so I guess it makes sense that they would be doing a sequel, but they canceled... What was that one show that everyone loved that they canceled? I think you were watching it, where everyone... Sh- like, there were these people who shared 
was it a mind? Or they all were connected? Oh, Sensei. Yes. Yes. They canceled that. They did the, give it, though, a two-episode uh, or two-hour finale. Did they? they so, and actually, I did watch that. And it they, they were able, you could see where some storylines were rushed. But I was happy that there was kind of closure with this uh, group. Right. But yeah, it, it was going in directions. I'm like, this is cool, interesting, and just the cinematography alone, I could see why it was costly with yeah. what was going on. But yeah, I mm, I don't understand. It's just a weird choice. Directors yeah. or, and choices sometimes. Like my last bit, which is the Power Rangers are changing their colors and their zords. All will be revealed after Shattered Grid. In the in the comic books, they're yep. changing. Okay. Yep. In... Say, don't they do that all the time in the show? What, the Zords? And... Yeah. Well, that's from series to series, right. but we're talking the original Zord. Oh. It's not getting new Zords, but like Jason will be in yellow suit and ride the drive the pterodactyl or something. Oh. Is one of the things that I saw mentioned. That's weird. And Zach gets pink and, you know... Billy winds That's up in weird. the black and everything, and so they're not color coded to what their heritage, uh, right. <laughs> racial heritage right. is. They're fixing a mistake. There. But I, I don't know how it, it like, because isn't the Red Ranger always the leader? I'm very I, excited about a boy being the Pink Ranger. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think and that's it's, awesome. It's really weird. I, I don't understand. I get it, or why they say let's do this. Yeah. Also, the coins matching their outfits, so it. There's a lot of things, and obviously hmm. this is happening after Shattered Grid. Right. Um, they come back and everything is just all backwards. Yeah. That, that could be. And then maybe they're trying to figure it out. Maybe it's only a... They're teasing this, and then they go back to normal. Right. And, or then could they be. finally get their next Zords, which we've already seen in the issues of Shattered Grid. I don't know. But with that being said, booze in a book this week is uh interesting because i picked it up i am way behind on curse words i'm not this is like one of the one books i'm not actually way behind in. yes <laughs> and curse words uh annual or swimsuit edition yes the swimsuit special now as everyone kn listeners know i pick up all the swimsuit editions because <laughs> i find them fun and they're really quick to read because you're not really reading. You're just looking at, you know, variants of the characters in in bathing suits. Like I said, I I am behind on this series. But within this, there it was actually not just a swimsuit. So I was a bit lost in reading some of this. It was actually a full-on part of, like, continuity. Yes. And But might I add, because I am caught up on this... This looks to me like this is a prequel. Well, yeah, it's set in a different right. time of So when you could happen. probably read this and be totally fine understanding what's going on. You might not know who all the characters are. Well, right in the beginning, though, it says this ha takes place after um, issue 15 or... Um, oh, to be read after Curse Words 15. Sure. So, because I haven't read that yet, okay. I just read it anyways and was still a bit lost. But what I do have to say is they definitely have them... The uh, people in swimsuits, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Brown didn't do this one. No, the the art was done by Joe. I'm gonna mess up your last name, Quinones. 
Quinones? I think it's Quinones, but... Now, um, what I will say is uh, this is a unique book and a unique uh, alcoholic beverage needs to be paired with it. So I tried Bud Light Orange at a party last night. Uh, wow. Sounds terrible. Yes. And that's not to say that this is terrible, but seeing some of these people in their outfits is. And that's where the connection comes in. Do not try Bud Light Orange. It is terrible. Uh, Do try this book because it is awesome. Charles Soule knows how to write terrible things in a very nice way. Um, and with that, uh, we're at the end of the program. Wow. Good for us. We made it. One more week. Stay thirsty for better beer pairings. (laughs) Or just better beer in general. Yes, yes.